back to the final four, baby. Hey there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 408 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. We are coming at you about a half hour, 45 minutes or so after the Blue Devils defeated the Arkansas Razorbacks. It is party time, and we are all headed to New Orleans. Every Duke fan, head to New Orleans. I am Jason Evans. I'm your host for this episode. I'm joined by Sam Klein and Donald Wine. Sam, I'll come to you first. You're, you're not home. You're kind of hanging out. What's going on, man? I, uh, I'm i in New York City, actually, uh, visiting my brother. It's his birthday this weekend. And uh, I bailed on his birthday party to go watch the game because I knew that I would not be a fun attendee uh, if, if this game was at all close, which it wasn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a I know we're going to talk to Donald. He's like wandering around outside. He's like making some kind of trouble. I'm like kind of beside myself right now. Like I it it, it sort of like. What a weird, what a weird, like, thorough beating that Duke put on Arkansas tonight. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have the drama of some of our recent games, but that's okay. My heart needed it to not have drama. Donald Wine. Donald, you're in a parking lot. I am in a parking lot uh, of a Bar Louie in Orlando, Florida. I have made it back from Azteca. Uh, fun fact, guys, I know I wasn't on the last episode. I was able to watch most of the game on my phone from Azteca while I was watching the U.S. men's national team uh, draw Mexico at that game. So, uh, but here I was able to watch this game. There's a lot of people talking trash all night, but I'm the one that's talking at the end because baby, we are back in the final four. Duke's going to the final four. This This is amazing. This is amazing. Before we get to the headlines and by the way, wait, hang on. Before we get to the headlines, I need to point out that this is now a tradition that because uh, Donald's doing the this show from a parking lot at the Bar Louie. And on Duke's run to the Final Four in 2015, I recorded one post-game episode of the first weekend. Oh, sorry, of the second weekend. I think it was the Sweet 16 episode. Sweet 16, I did yeah. in the parking lot of a Hooters. So the next time Duke goes to the Final Four, Jason's going to be like at a Buffalo Wild Wings or something. To be fair, I was supposed to be at a Hooters, but they wouldn't serve us food, so we're now at a Bar Louie. That is why I'm in the parking lot of Bar Louie instead of Hooters. It is too much. Guys, I was going to say, before we get to the headlines, could anyone have written this scenario for Coach K? Before we get to the game, I just want to talk about the fact that Coach K is headed to a Final Four in his final season. It's so improbable. It's If it was a... If we didn't see it happening in real life, we would think it was a made-for-TV, a made-for-Disney movie or something like that. For him in his final year to be doing this, I just really quickly, I want to get from you guys. Donald, I'll come to you first. Just the emotion of what it must be like for Coach K to be in his 13th Final Four, by the way, a record. He, he now has broken the tie he had with John Wooden. 13 Final Fours for Coach K. For his career to end like this is beyond magical isn't it i don't know how to explain it right like it's it's yeah we're it's at a the, loss for words i agree i, I it, it really is right like I you know you it's spot <laughs> no it's it's i'm glad you did because like if you think about it we've dreamed of this like the, when we when we heard he was going to retire we're like hey we really hope that this ends in new orleans on april 4th and we have a chance for that to finally happen and the ups and downs of the season, everything about the season has not gone according to the storybook plan, right? But this part has. Somehow, this team has come together. They have played inspired basketball. And in the midst of all this pressure, 
they have played like Duke Blue Devils know how to play, how we've seen Coach K teams play time and time again. And somehow this team has made it through probably the hardest road of anybody to the Final Four. And I think it's just simply incredible that we're sitting here talking about it. Well, I want to be clear, Donald, we, we did not play a number one seed. So <laughs> it's not but, that. But, no, but here's the thing. No one else has. So <laughs> I, I, I actually think St. Peter's has had the hardest road, perhaps. But anyway, <laughs> possibly, we're not going to get possibly. to that yet. And you know what? I wish they would. I wish they would tomorrow. I really do. Amen. I, Sam, to you now, um, th this notion of Coach K ending on the biggest stage, the biggest moment. Uh, it, it's we've been we've been looking forward to it all year. And and this but it team wasn't is, supposed to it, like it. The odds of it happening was still tiny. This uh, this team, it feels like it feels like the team is still kind of coming together. Um, there was, it felt like months ago this team could have found its identity, and it and it still feels like like they're 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 testing stuff out. So who knows? I like I have no I have no idea how this is going to end. By the way, I am terrified, and I know we'll we'll spend plenty of time on the final four. I'm terrified of the idea of Duke playing either UNC or St. Peter's in the I final know. four. So I'm, I am, I am dreading. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a complete, uh, I'm going to be a complete basket case by the time next Saturday rolls around. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, hey, I'm hey, trying to... For everyone at, wait, for everyone out there who knows us, don't talk to us next Saturday. Like, not no, at all. Don't, please don't, don't. We don't need, we don't need the, I, the sympathy. We don't need the good lucks. I don't need don't anything. <laughs> I might, I might have to watch. If I if I can't figure out how to get to the game next Saturday, I might have to just watch the game like alone, like locked in a room, because I'm gonna be like a danger to myself and others if I'm around anyone for this game. All right, guys, I we, know we, who we, I'm watching with. I'm watching with the people who know that I can yeah. react the way I need to react with. I, right? like, I, 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 I won't uh, be able to make it. I won't be able to make it to New Orleans on Saturday. I if if we make it to Monday, I'll, I won't go that far. But if we can make it to a title game, I can definitely make that one. But Saturday. I'm watching it with my people and they know they know I'm coming and it's going to be we can all laugh, cry, celebrate or, or or commiserate together. All right, guys, we do have to get to the game itself. <laughs> there is a reason. No, we don't. no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. We don't actually have to do anything. We're under no obligation to talk about what happened to the game. We could yeah. just we could just do nonsense for 20 minutes. I think we've already done nonsense for 20 minutes, <laughs> but let's talk about the game itself. And I want to start with the headlines because the inbox, the, the DBR podcast at gmail.com inbox exploded like crazy. Uh, we had like 20 emails and there's no Jason, way can can, we just, can yeah. we just do nonsense for 10 more minutes, read headlines for five minutes and then be done? No, no. <laughs> I want to read the headlines first. So I picked out some of them that I thought were, were, were the best. Um, and I apologize to everyone else, the other 15 or so people who wrote to us and I was able to get their headline on the air. Dawson Klein had Duke skins Razorbacks en route to Final Four. There's a, there's a listener named Klein. You just skipped right over the, the, the best just detail. Just lost right over that part. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Dawson is like a long-lost relative of yours, Sam. Um, uh, Alex uh, Payen. Uh, a former member of the Duke band. He pointed out that he's a former uh, band guy. He loves the love we give to the Duke band every game, uh, every podcast, I should say. He said, Duke's dominance leads to fairy tale Final Four. Going for a lot of alliteration there in his. Jared Strauss had pig picking. Duke barbecues, Razorbacks, pass the Oh, I like, I like pig picking. That's a good one. Pig picking, yeah. Yep. He's, and he said, pass the Hus puppies, which I love. And there were several folks, by the way, who sent us headlines about barbecuing the Razorbacks. 
but Jared's because he had the pig picking at the start. Jared was the one who gets there. All right, Sam, I come to you. What is your headline from this game? I'm going with lucky number 13 for Coach K and Duke on en route to the final four. I like it. That's really good. Donald, what's your headline? I'm taking from Coach K's words after the UNC game. We're not done yet. Amen, brother. I love that one. Here's mine. I have final, final, four, four, the goat. Final, final, four, for the goat. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's hard to say, but, but you did it. So it that's is. good. It is. And uh, <laughs> speaking of good, let's get to the good. And um, host privilege, I'm going to go first because there's something I want to mention that I think is just really, really important to get out there right away. And that is that this Duke team, the way they're playing lately, has too many weapons to be stopped. We just, I want to, I want to remind everyone. Jason what, says this, Jason says this uh, one week before Duke loses to St. Peter's in the final <laughs> four. <laughs> Duke has too many weapons to be stopped. We had six players score nine. I can't, I can't, I can't believe you're doing this right now, but oh, go, go for it. Go yeah. for it. At least, at least we're recording it and, and, and we'll know that it was your fault. <laughs> we had six players score nine plus points in this game. Each of those players, each of those six players had absolute highlight reel moments on offense. And look at the points we're putting up in the tourney. This is what I wanted to stress to everybody. We scored 78 against Fullerton. We scored 85 against Michigan State. We played the number one, the best defense in the country, Texas Tech. We put up 78. And then we played the number four defense in the country, Arkansas. And we put up 78 again. And by the way, that's 78 fake number because – in the final five minutes of this game, Duke eased off the gas in a big, big, big way. Just 48 hours after Duke shot 70% in the second half against Texas Tech, they shot 54% in the game against Arkansas. This Duke team has a myriad of weapons, and they create for themselves so effectively that it's just really, really hard to even dream of stopping them. And tell me I'm wrong, Sam. Yeah, I mean, for tonight where we said, but I, I know that we didn't do like a, a proper preview of Arkansas, but we told you the same way we told you for Texas Tech that Duke is going up against a good defense, defense that knows how to make guys uncomfortable, how to funnel them into bad shots. And, and Arkansas did that so thoroughly against Gonzaga the other night. It's not like maybe they were tired from, from that game, but uh, it felt like Duke was scoring in ways tonight. And I know, you know, we, we, talked extensively about Jeremy Roach and Mark Williams in the last game, but we have to just run all that commentary back and, and do it again tonight. Jeremy Roach was making moves tonight that we that like, he's still making new moves, uh, new moves that we hadn't seen against, uh, against Texas tech moves that we hadn't seen anywhere else this season. And, and it feels like Duke is finding somehow another gear right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Jeremy, this wasn't Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach has played better in recent games than he did in this one. He was sloppy at times in this game, but his ability to uh, quickly get to the basket was on display numerous times in this contest, and he was just outstanding. Donald, you're, you're standing in a parking lot outside a bar. I cannot make you stand in that parking lot much longer. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I want you give me all your good you got. Give me anything you got on this game, and then you're going to get out of here so you can get back into your bar and celebrate. Take it away, man. That sounds great to me. As long as you need, go for it. That sounds great to me. I'm going to start with this. This team right now, you talked about all the different like parts that are like just clicking at the right time. And throughout this game, guys, do you realize that like for the first half, 
I believe it was almost 30 minutes of this game, we did not hit a three-pointer at all. And it didn't feel like we were down. It didn't feel like we were doing anything wrong. The flow of the offense was just going so well when it came to this team. Mark Williams was doing great. Jeremy Roach, yeah, he didn't have his greatest game, but he had times where he was stellar. Paul Vancara had times where he was stellar. Wendell Moore had times on both offense and defense where he shined. And A.J. Griffin had a couple of plays where I was just out of my chair running around the bar that I was in, just going nuts. And people going, who is this guy that's just dominating this game? At a certain point, every single guy was stepping up. And honestly, guys, I'm going to say this right now. Even Coach K was fired up about this team. The first, like, couple minutes of the game, he said, hey, guys, remind, remember, you guys – we're playing with house money. We're in the Elite Eight. We're the, we're the two seed. We're supposed to be where we're supposed to be. And at that point, those guys settled down and they played basketball. They played Duke basketball. And the pride that I have for this team, I know Coach K is proud of this team, but the pride I think all of us have for this team is just incredible because the amount of pressure that these guys have has not been existent in the way that they've played over the last you know, couple of weeks, especially the Sweet 16 where they played against Texas Tech, and then tonight against Arkansas. That pressure didn't feel like it was ever present in the arena. It felt like these guys knew what they needed to do, and they knew that the task was get to New Orleans, and they went and did it. That is just – that's all I have, guys. I mean, like, that, like, there's more – obviously, there's more to dissect. We can nitpick about some things that are good or bad, but the end result is this. These guys play Duke basketball, and because of that, Duke is in the Final Four. and. If they play like they did tonight, if they play like they did on Thursday night, there's no team that can stop us. And it's just really like that is it is so great that at this point, my heart is full with this team. My heart is completely full. And everything that they do from this point is just gravy. It's just icing on the cake. Whatever cliche you want to use, this team has really proven that they can do what they want if they put their minds to it. And I hope they keep doing it. Donald, how do you feel right now about the UNC St. Peter's game tomorrow? I say I don't care who we play. I really don't because there's some people who are saying the doomsday scenario are coming in. And, and, and I know we're gonna, you guys are going to talk about it long after I'm gone. But the doomsday scenario, whatever. We've seen it's about to happen. But St. Peter's is a really good team. And I know a lot of UNC people, UNC people are talking trash to me tonight. And I'm like, y'all, y'all got to get past tomorrow. Y'all got to get past St. Peter's. And St. Pe Peter's people were talking trash. And I was saying, you got to get past UNC. This, uh, I don't care who we play. At the end of the day, Duke is in the Final Four. I'm wearing my hat, my lucky hat from the 2015 National Championship team. I don't care who we play because I know in the end, if we play like we did tonight, it does not matter who we face. We can beat them and we can get to the title game. All right, so we are going to set Donald free. Dude, adios. Thank you so much for joining us from the parking lot. Sam and I are going to continue chatting. <laughs> um, and Sam, we, we got to talk. I think we got to talk about Mark Williams. You mentioned Jeremy Roach very briefly, but I want to talk about Mark. Um, he had, by the way, I noted at halftime, he had 10 points, eight rebounds, and two blocks in the first half. It is, a, it is real simple. Duke would not have been in the lead at halftime if it was not for Mark Williams I thought he was absolutely outstanding in that half he finished with 12 points 12 rebounds three block shots he shot six of six six of six shooting plus I counted at least eight times where Arkansas got had a guy in the uh, lane and the guy went 
uh-oh, wait, Mark Williams is here. I need to adjust my shot or he's going to send it to the stands. And then he missed his shot. Um, Mark is probably at this point, the second best defensive center in Duke basketball history. Uh, Mike Jaminski might fight with me about that. Sheldon Williams is the best defensive center that Duke has ever had. I think Mark Williams has shown lately that he's the second best defensive center in the long, long history of Duke basketball. Uh, incredible game for him. And he played 35 minutes, which was a season high. Um, and we needed him for, for a lot of that time, didn't we? We've talked a lot about how like Theo John is there to be Mark Williams' safety valve and Duke barely needed Theo John tonight to do that because Mark Williams was so effective at both ends. Duke switched up the defense again. They played a few minutes of that zone. And, and if you could quibble with one part of Mark's game, I think it's that if he gets pulled out to the perimeter on defense, then sometimes he can get lost and, and, and might find himself flat-footed. When Duke is playing that zone, you, you can't go anywhere near the paint because Mark Williams' arms are just going to get in the way of everything you're going to try to do. And, you know, on offense, it's not like Duke is designing tons of plays for him, but man, he finds himself in all of the right spaces to get the, the, the dump off pass, to get the offensive rebound, to get the put back, whatever it is. Mark Williams just, just has such a nose for where to be on the court at, at both ends. Yeah, and, and and in this game, he even showed up his dribbling at times. He had that, he had that breakaway where he uh, where he uh, showed that he can be a, a that was more. that was actually kind of scary. I was like, what 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 what, what what's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, Duke won this game in the paint. Um, I, I've been I've been looking. Uh, we, we're recording too quickly, so I don't have the actual points in the paint numbers, the final number from the game. But I think that uh, that Duke may have outscored Arkansas by close to twenty points in the paint. We were absolutely dominant. We scored almost all of our buckets in there. We out-rebounded them 34 to 25. It was just a, a, a fabulous game led by Mark Williams, but also by Paulo Bancaro. Paulo, you know, only took 11 shots in this game. And I was very bothered early on when we didn't use him for basically the first 10 minutes of the game. But he, he stayed under control. He, he didn't, you know, there are a couple shots that he took. Paulo's always going to take a couple shots where you're like, eh, really? That's not a great shot. But, you know, he, for the most part, I thought he was under control and didn't force things. He hit seven out of his eight free throws. Duke, by the way, hit 16 of 18 free throws, 89% from the free throw line. And Paulo led the team with three assists. His passing has really improved the past couple of weeks, but it was him and Mark, uh, you know, who were controlling the paint and, and giving Duke that huge advantage that was just too much for Arkansas to overcome. Jason, you mentioned that Duke scored most of their points in the paint, but a couple of enormous three-pointers from A.J. Griffin late in the game. Not that Duke needed the, you know, all the points down the stretch that, you know, Arkansas basically gave up uh, with, with 35 seconds left in the game and, and wasn't going to contest. But how about just putting the dagger down for A.J. Griffin, who we knew earlier in the season was hitting threes like crazy. He cooled off a little bit late in ACC play and feels like he's come back just enough for Duke to feel like they've got a pretty decent threat from outside. You know, it, I think it's something you could have been worried about with this team that, that the three point shooting wasn't as solid as, as you might hope for, for a national championship contender in 2022. But AJ Griffin showed up like, uh, like right at the right time from, from beyond the arc tonight. And you also mentioned, uh, or, or, or we, we need to talk rather, about Trevor Keels, who has had a tough few games leading into this game. We, you know, he had his demotion, Roach is in the starting lineup now. 
feels like he's finally kind of embraced the role a little bit and, and sort of knows what he has to do coming off the bench. Again, timing could not be better for, for that with Duke heading into the final four. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I thought AJ and Trevor, you know, it's funny. I, in the pregame, I texted some friends of mine and I was like, I think the key to this game is whether AJ or Trevor can have a big game for Duke. Cause I feel like I know what the rest of the guys are going to bring to the table at this point. Um, and, and for AJ and Trevor to both play really well, that's the reason that Duke won this game going away. AJ led the team with 18 points, by the way, AJ scored 18 points in only 25 minutes of play. And as much, as big as those threes were, uh, I, uh, I thought AJ did a really great job taking the ball to the basket, taking it in the lane, you know, putting up pump fakes. He does such a great job of getting his shoulders square once he gets in the lane. Um, so I thought AJ Griffin, you know, is, is starting to unveil a little more than being just a three-point shooter. And then Trevor Keels, you know, it was just big shots. Uh, he hit Duke's first three, um, you know, late in the first half to, to help us get a nice cushion there. And he is one of those guys. We have so many of them. Wendell Moore. We haven't mentioned Wendell Moore at all. We have so many of these guys now who, if the ball is in their hands, they can take it to the hole and create something for themselves. I don't think there's any other team in the country that has this many, you know, creative players with the ball in their hands. So that's going to do it for the good. We're going to take a quick break. And then, you know, we got a little bit of bad. There, there's some things. It's not like Duke played a perfect game. We're going to come back, talk a little bit about the bad, and also begin to think a little about what next weekend maybe like for the Blue Devils, stick around. DBR Podcast, coming right back at you in a moment. Okay, Sam, we're back from the break. We need to talk about the bad. I'll let you get started. What, what did you have, man? What, 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 what was it about this game that you thought Duke could have done better? There was um, there was something weird about the way that that Duke let Arkansas. Uh, you, you said that Duke generally was better at, at points in the paint, but there were a lot of moments where where Arkansas got a lot of close up shots, pulled down a lot of offensive rebounds. I'm not looking at the stats yet either. I'm still just I'm still just beside myself that Duke is going back to the Final Four. Uh, but but there were moments they had tonight. they had they had eight offensive rebounds. But you're they right, eight I agree, off- yeah. Um, and, and, and I thought that, you know, as good as, as Mark Williams was at, at altering all the shots, I thought that Duke could have been, um, could have been even more aggressive on the defensive glass. It's not Mark Williams's job exclusively to, to rip the ball away and, and, and start the offensive break. So, uh, you know, if that was the thing to quibble with, honestly, you said before the break that we've got, we have the bad to dissect. I really have not that many complaints about Duke's performance today. I thought they handled the pressure really well. And, and they were, they were completely prepared to deal with everything that, that Arkansas threw at them. It's just, that, I mean, Arkansas is a good team. We, we, we told you that in the preview, it's not like, not like they're slouches They're You know, it's a four seed, but, um, but Arkansas put up some, some impressive wins this year. So honestly, Jason, I don't have that much from the bad. I, I would rather spend more time looking forward to next week. Okay, well, then I'll, let me get there with my bad very quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, Duke have been, had 15 turnovers. That's about five more than I'd like to see. Um, and, and many of them came early. It was the second game in a row where Duke started out very, very sloppy, struggled to score, struggled to even get into any offensive flow. Um, that, that's, you know, that's, that's bothersome. And I, I don't want to see that happen 
in the final four. And then the other thing I wanted to mention just very quickly was as much as I lauded this team for the number of guys they have who can create for themselves, the passing this game was just so-so. Duke only had eight assists out of 29 made baskets. That's an assist rate of 27.6%. We'd really, Duke is best when their assist rate is up in the high 30s or low 40s at least. And um, this game was a lot of one-on-one kind of stuff from Duke. We succeeded at it because we have just ridiculous studs handling the ball for us. But, uh, you know, we got to find some things that, that Duke didn't do great. And that's something that they didn't do great in this game. Uh, all right. So that's it for the bad. Let's look ahead to the next week because it's going to be a fun week, a really fun week. I, I want to start it out with this. J.J. Redick. Sam, I'm not sure if you've seen this. J.J. Redick on Twitter had a very quick tweet. This is perfect. I love this, J.J. He said, this is the entire tweet. He said, I'm going to be insufferable for the next week. <laughs> I, love, I love that. J.J. Redick, the, there are a lot of things that I like about J.J. Redick. The thing I like, I think, most about him is how much of just a Duke fan he is. Like, he's admit, he said, like, he grew up rooting for Duke. Yeah. He always wanted to go to Duke, the whole thing. And even still, he's like, look, I'm one of the greatest players in Duke history, but also I am just an annoying Duke fan. Like, he, he fully embraces it, and it is awesome. Yeah, by the way, speaking of the former players, Kenny Denard, our man, friend of the podcast. Man, he was, he was all over the broadcast tonight. He was on TV a lot, and so was Greg Kubek. Kenny Denard, Greg Kubek had great seats like right behind the Duke bench and they were all over the podcast and Kenny was wearing his signature wild shirt. Um, yeah, it, they, they, they were having a great time. It, it was definitely a good time in, in the arena. All right, Sam, you said you wanted to look ahead. What, what, what you got for me? Uh, by the way, just so everybody knows, we will be putting out another podcast once we know who Duke's opponent is. <laughs> yes. Believe me. I, in fact, I think it's very, we got an email from someone who said, please do four or five podcasts this coming week. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get in four or five, but I, I won't be surprised if there are a couple more before Saturday. Um, there's just going to be a lot to talk about and a lot to celebrate and enjoy. So, all right, Sam, with that, what is it you're looking ahead to for the next week? So next weekend, Saturday night in New Orleans, Duke is either going to be playing the 15 seed out of the East region, St. Peter's school that I have admitted unprecedented that a school that I have admitted on this show that I had never heard of prior to this tournament. If they had lost to Kentucky in the first round, I would have completely forgotten that they had made the NCAA tournament. I don't even mean it as an insult. It's just, it's just the truth. I would have had no idea that they were in the tournament. They are one win away from the final four. They are a 15 seed. You know how, like, I, I hate to use this term, but you know how, like, irrelevant you have to be to be a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament? It means that you won a conference that nobody's watching on TV. And St. Peter's is one win away from the final four. What an incredible story it would be for them to be playing Duke in, in Coach K's final season in the final four. And yet, and wait, yet, wait, Sam, before you get to the end, I know what the end yet is. Before you get to it, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Do you know the lowest seed to ever make the final four? The lowest seed to ever make the final four, I believe, is an 11. You are right. I, I think there's there are three of them. There's George Mason. There's VCU and Syracuse. Are the, are the or not VCU, rather. Um, George Mason. No, no, and It uh, was VCU. I, I think it was. Uh, VCU. Sorry. Yeah, VCU. Uh, and George VCU, Mason, VCU, and, and uh, last year's UCLA team. Didn't Syracuse make, or Syracuse made it as a 10, I think. They made it as a 10, I think, yeah. Um, I think those, I, I know that George Mason and VCU 
were and then 11s. UCLA last year. So yeah, and UCLA. So the the end yet. Yeah, Duke playing St. Peter's would be so far in the rearview mirror as a storyline compared the to the alternative to St. <laughs> Peter's is Duke getting one more shot at UNC in the final four. And if you're a Duke fan the way that I am and you you watch these games and it and it stresses you out, man, if, oh, if Duke's playing and Duke has I know that everyone, not everyone, but I know that a lot of people listening to this already know Duke and UNC have never played in the NCAA tournament. That's correct. It's never happened before. And it could happen. It at this point, it is likely to happen. Oh, yeah. Quite UNC likely. is favored against St. Peter's. Duke is likely to play UNC in the final four next Saturday. JJ Reddick might be insufferable this week. I'm going to be a complete nut job this week leading up to that game. I don't know how I'm going to be able to like watch it and stomach it. It's going to be like fun, but mostly horrible. I will tell you that I've said for years, because um, as, as a lot of folks who listen to this podcast know, I have a ton of Carolina fan fans in my family. My father went to UNC. My grandfather went to UNC. My uncle went to UNC. I, I grew up as a Carolina fan until I started attending uh, Duke and, and became you know, I went to the right side of the blue, but everyone else in my family are Carolina fans. And we have all said, all of us unanimously have said for my entire lifetime, as long as I can remember, Duke and UNC must never play for a national champ. We, we always talk about it in terms of, you know, the national title. We, we, we've always said it must never happen because it could ruin the rivalry. It gives the victor such a one-up on the, on the loser that it potentially could stain the rivalry. I don't know. I need to think on it a little bit more. Um, by the way, there was a time when this seemed like this really might happen. Um, you got to be old like me. It was 1991. And the, the final four was Duke, UNLV, UNC, and Kansas. And everyone was picking UNC to beat Kansas and UNLV to beat Duke. And what ended up happening was Kansas beat UNC and Duke beat UNLV. But it looked like there was a, def- there was a possibility that Duke and UNC could play for the national title in, in, uh, in 1991. That's the closest this has ever come to happening. And now it seems way, way more imminent and way, way more likely. And like I said, I just can't, I can't decide whether this is good or bad, but I'm not sure it matters whether it's good or bad because if it happens, it happens. We just got to- It seems like it. it's going to happen. It seems like it's going to happen. It really does, doesn't it? And, I, and, and, and on top of it, so it's Coach K's last season. Oh, God. And- and Hubert and Davis's first season. I mean, come it's on. It's Hubert Davis's first season. Who knows? Maybe Hubert Davis is going to be at Carolina for the next 30 years. And by the way, the last time they played was this huge, emotionally charged last game in Cameron for Coach K, where UNC waxed the floor with the Blue Devils. So, like, yeah. th- there couldn't be more weight on a game. I guess, unless it was in the national championship. That would be the only... The right. only way, but it's the final four. It's, it, it's, it's pretty damn close to it. Uh, and, and I thought there was no way it was going to happen this year. UNC, even though they made the tournament, like they were an eight seed. It's so hard for an eight seed to make the final four. Yeah. You got to play the one seed in your second game. And then you still have to get through the other half of the bracket. And they are this close. I don't even, I, I can't think of what to say about it at this point because it's so stressful. Horrible. That it might, yeah, it's, it's so stressful, but we're going to have to deal with it if it happens. 
like I said, we'll, we will come back to you folks and we will have a podcast once we know who Duke's opponent will be. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a lot more content on what, you know, what's been, what, what, what happened in the wake of Duke winning this game. I do want to point out one thing. Paulo Bancaro, they were interviewing Paulo postgame. And folks may recall when after Duke won the ACC semifinals, Paulo said, yeah, we want Carolina in the finals. And people were like, ooh, Paulo, don't, no, you don't want to, you don't want to either, you don't want to give Carolina that locker room stuff. You don't want to give Virginia Tech that. You never say who you want to play. In the postgame, they asked Paulo, do you want UNC or St. Peter's? And he said, no, 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 you're not getting me again. He said, whoever we play, we play. So Paulo was not prepared to make that mistake twice, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, I loved, I, I loved the way he answered that. It was, it was very funny. And it was, it was true, you know. He's gained Paulo uh, between that and the uh, and the the wink that he had to the camera in the last game. Um, Love the he's wink. gained an, he's he's gained a level of self awareness that I did not know a freshman was capable of having. So well, that's I think Sam. Unless you got anything else, we have to like I, I I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I feel bad I feel bad because like I, I'm I'm I, I like can't form I can't form thoughts right now. Like I need to I need to like sit and digest all of this for us to be able to like talk about it for real again. So why don't we agree that we're going to talk again in the next couple of days to obviously to, to we're going to have to wait until at least after tomorrow night, because we need to know who Duke is going to be playing. We got to preview that game. We got to, we have to just, we got to do this all again. Uh, so, so, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, so we'll do it again. Yeah. It'll be fun. This has been so much fun. It's been fun doing it with all of you. Um, we are setting uh, download records like the number of people who are coming in and finding the Duke Basketball Report podcast is unprecedented. We love all of you. Please reach out to us, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. I apologize if we're not replying to every email at this point. The email inbox is coming in so fast and furious, but we do our best and we read all of them, every single one of them, I swear. All three of us read every email that we get. Um, keep on reaching out to us. Tell us your thoughts about the possibility of playing UNC. Uh, maybe let's wait until after the, the St. Peter's game is done for that. But um, for Sam, for Donald, who's back in his bar, I am Jason. Thank you for joining us on this episode that takes us to the final four. Duke's season, Coach K's final season, still going on as the final weekend of college basketball gets ready to be played. The Blue Devils are headed to New Orleans. We're going to party. We're going to jazz it up in New Orleans. DBR Podcast signing up. Here's the Duke band. Play us out and take us home.